0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Joseph. Today, we are continuing the What's Next series with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not going to lie here. This is one of the teams I have been wanting to cover for the longest in this series, okay? They were such a fun team to watch in terms of growth and making the leap from a relevancy to a playoff team, although they they fell short of that, but if everything went... Went right with the injuries to uh, Alan Mobley during down the stretch of the season, Rubio as well. This team would have probably been a top six team. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, which you should, at the Dhani Joseph, you see I post a lot of Darius Garland clips almost every week. I'm a huge fan, I love his play style. Uh, he gives me so much New York point guard em- energy, and that's something that I value highly. Just like I'm a big Kyrie fan, big Garland fan. With that all being said, how far can this Cleveland Cavaliers team go this season? Stay tuned to find out what I think of the new look Cavaliers. Now, getting into the Cleveland Cavaliers here, they finished with a 44-38 and 38 record. That was eighth in the NBA Eastern Conference. They ended up losing in the playing game to the Atlanta Hawks, who went on to lose against Miami Heat, which probably would have been the same fate for this Cleveland team. But when you look at the improvement from the year prior, right a 22-game improvement, and nobody thought Cleveland was going to be what they were this season. I don't even think Coach J.B. said. I don't think Cleveland Faithful thought that this team would jump to a 22-game improvement. That's that's because of De- Darius Garland alongside of Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen. Those three players were the staples. Of course, you had Ricky Rubio coming in there, and you had a few other guys that were contributors, Colin Sexton, even though he was hurt for the majority of the season. Maybe that actually helped them. That Colin Sexton was injured, so Garland could really just be the primary ball handler and get opportunities to take more shots, increase the shot creation ability for him, and give him the reps that he needed to become an all-star caliber guard in this league. But no, drafting Evan Mobley in that draft was pretty important, not only for this coming season or well, the previous season and this coming season, but Cleveland's future. And we'll get into M. a little bit later, but just his presence as a rookie, right? As a defender. Him and Jared Allen, probably one of the top rim protecting duos in the NBA today. Let's look at this team's stats here points per game 107.8, which is 25th out of 30. Opponent's points per game 105.7, fifth of 30. Offensive rating 111.9, 20th in the league. Defensive rating 109.7, which was seventh in the league. Net rating plus 2.2, 13th in the league. <clears throat> this team was a great defensive team. These numbers probably aren't even as good as they were at some points in the season just because they had stretches where Allen and Mobley weren't on the floor. Especially Allen. I understand that Mobley is like the the line prospect. Allen is still young. Like Allen is still young. He had a lot of potential. He has, he has the furrow. I don't know if he cut the furrow yet, but, you know, coming over from Brooklyn, I think that Jared Allen, he might not be one of the top five, maybe not even top ten centers, depending on who you ask, but what he does give you is elite rim protection. He's a guy that will set hard screens, roll to the basket. And I think his presence allows Mobley to really play that troop forward because, That's the position he played a lot in college. I'm four or five, but I think if you give Mowgli the ability to play true four and allow him to expand his game both on the offensive end and the defensive end. We understand defensively in the paint he could be a monster, but now that Allen's over there patrolling the paint, he can develop more of a game in the perimeter in terms of defense. He has in life. He has a size. Almost Giannis like in terms of the the physical the physical wingspan and all that type of stuff. Again, only going to a second year he'll have to gain gain strength gain weight as all these skinny bigs that come into the league now. But Mobley has something. Mobley has that type of defensive intensity, defensive intangibles. And you can see it. With some guys, it's not so clear. Like you see for example, Carl Anthony Towns. Obviously he's an offensive unicorn in terms of what he can do. But when he came to the league, I was, he was like, okay, we know he can score. He's going to be able to score. Maybe not at the rate that he's doing now, but we knew he was definitely an offensive guy coming into the league. But he has defensive tools, not a defender, not by any stretch of the imagination. Carl Anthony Towns is not a defender. With Mobley, his calling card was the defense for the most part. He he had his moments in the low post in college. Um, he has some good passes here and there, but – it was his defense and a size that we all saw. I'm like, okay, okay, this guy could be skeptic. this guy could be special. So I think that coming into this season, we can expect Evan Mobley to hopefully have improved his jump shot. I think the jump shot is probably one of the most important parts. He had a more consistent fifteen footer. Maybe stretch out the three point range. I think that'll unlock a lot of different things for this Cleveland offense, and we'll get into the backcourt in the moment, but taking into taking into consideration just what Mobley was last season. Damn near was rookie of the year. I think he didn't get injured. He would have been rookie of the year. That's no shade in Scotty Barnes, so I think he can be a top player in the league in a couple of years just because his all-around game. People, I don't know if it's because of the name, but Scotty Pippen is something that I heard a lot. Hey, man, if you become Scotty Pippen, damn, go for it. Nothing but love for Scotty Barnes, but Evan Mobley could have been Rookie of the Year easily. And Kate Cunningham, which we'll get to in the Detroit series. I'm really excited for that. But Evan Mobley has a chance to be one of the best bigs in the NBA. Give him time, give him the years to develop. And on this Cleveland team, where everybody sort of matches up pretty well in terms of the timeline Garland is young. Newly acquired Donovan Mitchell is young. Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, who I don't know what Isaac Okoro is going to do in the future, but he's there for now, But All these guys are young. So everybody can grow together. That's going to be a scary sight to see in the Eastern Conference. So I mentioned Donovan Mitchell. The bulk of the improvements this offseason came in the form of adding an all-star caliber guard and scorer, Donovan Mitchell. Now Mitchell was a guy that I've always liked. Utah Jazz guard, he had many memorable playoff series. I remember the one, of course, OKC, um, with the back when Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony was there. I believe that was his rookie season. And then we sort of see these things transpire. He goes off for big moments in the bubble. That was the battle against Jamal Murray. Just going off for 50 pieces. Very Dwayne Wade-esque for a lot of Dwayne Wade comparisons, and it's pretty apt. He's more of a shooter than Dwayne Wade was, but I think that's just a uh, because of the times that we're in now. Three-point shooting is at a premium compared to when Dwayne Wade played. That didn't really happen till the tail end of his career where the three-point shot really became to be a revolutionary part of the game. Mitchell's the guy that I think can be an amazing number two on a championship team. It's hard for me to say if he could be a number one because we saw – in those Utah years Especially the last few years Where Utah was at the top of the West He was the number one guy There was no, no dispute Rudy Gobert was the second option And Rudy Gobert was very limited offensively So you would never say he's the number one option Although defensively We know that he was, he was their entire defense Mitchell was the number one guy And for stretches He can look like a number one guy Like He can fool you Into thinking he's a number one guy Offensively, he could do anything that you needed to do. He had the three-point shot. He had some deep range. He had the ability to get to the basket. He has some really good playmaking stuff in terms of – sorry about that. He has some really good playmaking stuff in there. Averaged about five assists the last few years, which honestly could probably go up a little bit more if you really wanted to. But he was tasked with scoring last year. He averaged 26 a game on 45 36 splits. Year before that, 26 again, 44 39 from three point range, four boards, five assists. These are numbers that you would say, Okay, if this is our number one player, no matter who it is, if you get these stats, you're like, Okay, this is a guy that could be a number one, but then you look a little deeper and say, Okay, he's not the best defender. Right, he's not going to be the the go-to guy, the two-way guy that we all love to see now, that we're accustomed to seeing as being our number one guy. LeBron, Tatum, Katie, Giannis, of course, those guys have height. Mitchell's six one, six two maybe. So, yeah, that. Also, just consider that he was in these moments where he could have taken the, his team to next level. I'm not saying it's all his fault. I definitely think that the defense of the Jazz got exposed with Rudy Gobert. But, I don't know, something about smaller guards is hard for me to say in this point in time that a small guard can really lead his team to a championship. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's a guy that can give you 25 a night. He's a guy that, for 6'1", 6'10", the wingspan, he definitely has the, the length to contest shots. He has the ability to get up there, block some shots as a guard. Again, D- Dwayne Wade comparison there, right? Going to play shooting guard. He's only 26. It's not like he's like 30 or something. He still has time to improve. I think this year, alongside Darius Garland, who we'll get into, he can be much more of a off off guard instead of in Utah, where he had to be a primary ball handler up until they got Mike Conley. And even when they got Mike Conley, there was a lot of Garland initiating things. Sorry, Mitchell initiating things. And I just ultimately think that Donovan Mitchell is going to be an all star this year. He's going to help Cleveland win a lot more games than they did because that offense won't stall out like it did when they had only Darius Garland in the backcourt. Let's get into Darius Garland, one of my favorite players in the NBA. I saw a lot of what I'm seeing now back in Vanderbilt when he played in college, although he was limited due to an injury. I didn't think it would be so soon. I didn't think it would be so soon where he will be an all-star. You know, health has sort of been a a thing in 2020. He played 59 games, 54 games next year. And then last year he played 68, which is the highest up until that point. Giving you 22 points a game, almost 9 assists. That's perfect numbers for a point guard. If you ask me to craft a point guard, 22 and 9, give me that all day. Shooting 89% from the free throw line and then almost 40% from three, 46 from the field, but like you can't get any better than that. There is Garland has the ability to create shots at a really high rate, which is a premium skill in this NBA again. He's not super tall. He's 6'1", around the same height as Donovan Mitchell here. But just being an all-star, bringing life to the city of Cleveland, I think that's going to be something that the fans appreciate. It's going to be something that ownership appreciates they're going to have multiple all-stars this year. And at the end of the day, Derrick Garland's a guy that's going to grow with this team. He's only, what, 22, 23 years old, one of those. He's young. He's very young. He's going to have an ability to grow with this roster. And I think, honestly, this guy's the limit. Um, very Kyrie-esque in terms of the dribble moves, the ability to finish. I think he's a, he's obviously more of a playmaker. A little bit. I was going to say a little bit more. more of a playmaker than Kyrie ever was in Cleveland. More than Kyrie was in his career. And that's going to bode well for the rest of this team. Not that with Kyrie Kyrie didn't make his teammates better but during his Cleveland years anyway. more of a debate now. Garland's going to be the quintessential floor general. I'm going to say this again. I'm not taking the mellow ball over him right now. Maybe in a few years the mellow ball over Darius Garland. But Darius Garland right now is the guy that I want on my team to be my point guard. Say, give me a point guard for the next ten years, maybe Lamelo Ball, but for the next two to three years, Darius Garland. No doubt about that. This Cleveland team's identity should continue to be their defense. Allen and Mobley were protecting the paint at an elite level, and I think that's going to continue. I also think that Donovan Donovan Mitchell in a atmosphere now that is different, right? There was always a little contentious thing with Rudy O'Bear after the COVID incident and a lot of stuff, just locker room stuff that was like, uh. Eh. So now that he's in a new environment, of course, he's always trying to go to the Knicks. I think that was blatantly clear. He wanted to go back to his hometown. He's in a situation now. Garland and him are good friends from all sources, everything I've seen. He's in a situation now where he can be maybe not even number one, I feel like Garland and Mitchell could be 1A, 1B on this team. But he'll still have the ball in his hand, and he'll be able to say, all right, I don't have to do everything on offense. I can save some of the tank from the defensive end. And that's honestly what this team's going to need. When this trade first went down, I was a little skeptical of the fit, not necessarily on the offensive end. Cleveland needed some offense, as we saw 25th offensive points for the game and 20th in the offensive rating. Well, I need a scoring, especially in playoff games late when teams are honing in on Darius Garland in the pick-and-roll. They need another guy, but defensively, I was like, okay, these are two small guards. We kind of seen this happen before, most recently with Portland. Damian Lillis, C.J. McCollum, very similar. Two guards that can go off for 30 at any night. One more so than the other. In this case, Dame is more similar to Donovan than Mitchell. I'm sorry, McCollum to... Garland, but the defensive thing is always going to be a little bit scary, especially with the smaller guards. And like usually, there's like uh, okay, if you have a smaller guard, you have a bigger a bigger wing. Think of like Steph, who's six two, six three, and then Clay, who's those are the six seven. You can find that balance, but when your two best players are both six one, it's like okay, you have to surround them with defense. And that's what they did. Um, you understand what Mobley and Allen can do. Isaac Coral too. He's a guy that can get some stops on defensive end. I'm thinking that they'll eventually change that up, maybe in a trade or whatever. Finding a, a real four a forward to spell at times because that's not gonna hold up unless Isaac Coral makes a big leap defensively and offensively. It's like okay, we gotta do here for a few years now. Isaac Corral it's gonna be his third year. We've had you here for a few years now. The improvement is is coming along, but to be a contender, you need that one lockdown guy on the perimeter to guard it. Like, Is he going to guard the Tatums of the world, the, the Middletons or Giannis's, depending on the matchup? Maybe Giannis will be taking care of Mobley, but let's say Middleton, uh, James Harden or Tyrese Maxey in the east and then in the west. You don't know who's coming out. Is he going to guard Luka for, for 30 minutes tonight? I don't know. I don't think so. And even like go Steph sometimes be a Swiss on Clay. It'll be interesting to see that for sure. But I have high hopes for this team defensively. I think they can be a top five defense once more this season, assuming everybody stays healthy. And it's going to be their identity for the foreseeable future. Sneaky good depth with this team. They have lots of veterans like Ricky Rubio, who was huge for them last year before the injury. I think he. Was the guy that when Garland went to the bench, he was like, "Okay, we can we can do this my my style, go his pace." We all know that Rubio is an amazing playing banker. He's always been that way since he came into the lead. He's a consummate leader. He's a veteran that has a, the respect of the locker room, and it's his show. So it'll be interesting to see how the coaching staff they stagger Mitchell and Garland's minutes, and then Rubio. He's gonna be the guy off the bench to try to facilitate that whole thing. Maybe if it's Garland Rubio, Garland a little bit off the ball, which he has the ability to do with his shooting potential. Same thing with Mitchell as more of a shooter slash cutter. I think that can definitely work. And of course, you have a guy like Kevin Love, who I've always heard him in trade rumors like the last what, two, damn near three years. It's like get him to a contender around Cleveland. They're not necessarily a contender, but they're a team that has the potential to go maybe second round in the Eastern Conference, third round of everything goes their way. Mid Love is a guy that he's pretty content in Cleveland. Um he got that big contract from them. He's staying here long term. A guy like Karis Levert, who is going to the seventh year in the league right now. If he can get back to that twenty point per game, Karis LeVert that we saw Rears had in Indiana. That could be huge for this team. If he can be that sixth man who comes off the bench as the spark plug guy and says, okay, Darius, you can rest for a little. Donovan, you can rest. No worries because Karis Levert is here. That could be huge. Last year, he averaged 14 points per game. Not not the best, but not the worst either. If he can get it up to 20 points per game on better efficiency, for his career, he's only shooting 33% from three-point range. And he's going to get way more open shots. If he can get back to that Indiana, even some of those Brooklyn years, where he he got the ball a lot, I think this team could be a really tough out in the playoffs, win a playoff series even too. Because that was their whole problem last year. It was their offense. The defense was never the issue. It was always their offense, especially in the playoffs. Play in, rather. When Darius Garland has to create literally everything. Now they have Mitchell. They're getting Rubio back who also help off the bench. And then Levert if he can do some stuff. If Mobley can tip it and give give about fifteen to eighteen a game. Allen as well. Okoro hitting open threes. And then you go go down the roster a little bit. A guy like Dean Wade. He'll get open shots. Seti Osmond. He can do a little bit of creating off the off the dribble. Uh Raul Neto, he might not get too much time, but him, Sharif Cooper, the guards off the bench, same I guess, some minutes. Lamar Stevens, he's gonna get the opportunity to sort of play that, I say, a choral role in terms of that stopper on the defensive end. This team has some pieces. I also don't want to forget Robin Lopez as well as a veteran presence. He's gonna to add to that rim protection as well. I think this team is gonna be legit in the Eastern Conference. I think that with the Mobley potential, the ceiling for this team over the next few years can potentially be insane. Mobley can easily end up being a top five player in the NBA in five years. Maybe even sooner, just because of his defensive abilities right now. And you give him time to get used to NBA rules, NBA defenses, let him get bigger, stronger, and develop an offensive game I don't want to say Giannis is Giannis is a beast on unto himself. Um, it's it's really tough to tell, but trajectory definitely top five player, definitely top five player, and for this year, points spent NBC's official sports sports betting partner has the Cleveland Cavaliers at forty-seven and a half ones this season. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. I think that depending on. Like I mentioned before, Evan Mobley and the improvements that he's made over the offseason, that will be a key difference maker and can make this squad a 50-win team. They have the stars. They have Mitchell, they have Garland, they have Allen. That's three all-stars right there. And Two and a half. Uh, Mitchell, Garland, definitely. Allen, maybe, depending on the year, depending on what he's doing. Mobley can easily be that next guy to be like, all right, take the all-star leap. You see it time and time again, that second, third-year player. It's like, all right, it's my time now. It's, it's your time to take the leap. He'll have the ability to take the leap defensively. He can be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate starting this year. That's going to bode well for Cleveland team, for the fans, for everybody involved. If he can inv- – um, Improve on a three-point shooting. You only saw 25% last year. You get that to 35%. You can improve a little bit of playmaking, although two and a half assists for a big, that's pretty good. One and a half, a little over one and a half blocks for the game. One single game. 15 and eight. Get that maybe to, to 19 and nine, 19 and 10. Then you're talking about a Cleveland team that can go head-to-head against... Some of the second-tier teams in the East, for sure. The Atlantas of the world. You can look at a team like, let's see, Chicago. If they make a run once Lonzo gets back. It's a little shaky for me to say. Milwaukee, Boston, or Philly, I think they're just a level above just in terms of the talent that they have. But yeah, 47.5 wins. I'm taking over. This can be a potentially fifty one win team, 51 49, somewhere in that range. And if Evan Mobley could take that next step, it seems to be a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference for years to come. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Make sure you guys rate the podcast five stars so we can move it up on the algorithm. More people can find it and tune in. Also share with family and friends. The NBA season is a few more days away. Going to ramp it up with more productive episodes before we get to opening night. I'm very excited for this season. It's going to be a competitive year. And Cleveland, just talked about them. They could be in that top six in the Eastern Conference, maybe even as high as four. Actually, maybe even as high as three, depending on how everything shakes out. It'll be really interesting to see how the Eastern Conference unfolds this year. With a team like Cleveland, who has players like Evan Mobley in there. And I even I'll throw Garland in there, too, with potential that's unseen. And we all know what Donovan Mitchell can do in a playoff series, given an opportunity. This team can be scary come postseason time. But next time, we'll be tackling the Dallas Mavericks on the West Next Series. Very interesting. We know Luka Doncic is that dude. But is his surrounding cast good enough? We'll get into all that later. Until then, take care, guys.